My name is Michael Tobin, and you're listening to the Emerald Podcast Network. Welcome to the Emerald Podcast Network. I'm Sean Meadow. I'm Aaron Walter. And this is from Seattle. It's 11.21 p.m. on Sunday, March 4th. We are done at Key Arena, where Oregon women's basketball has won the Pac-12 tournament for the first time in the program's history. And they beat Stanford 77-57 to in one of the most incredible games, I think, individually, at least from Sabrina Ionescu, but one of the more exciting tournaments I think we'll see in a long time in Pac-12, because Oregon, the number one, playing the number two seed in Stanford, the Ducks, a new dynasty against the dynasty of the old. I think it's an awesome story, and let's just go through a little bit of what happened today, at least in the game, and I already mentioned her, but Sabrina Ionescu, 36 points, and man, she was incredible. I mean, she just has this killer instinct. She She's so dynamic with the ball in her hand. She's so aggressive on the court. And she can hit shots from anywhere. I mean, she's she's so quick getting up the court, and she, she's got hops. I mean, how many times did she jump up and just snatch a pass right out of the air and then take it down the court? I mean, Stanford had no answer for her, and it's telling. Going up against a squad like Stanford with so much talent and such great coaching, they had no answer. Aaron, you brought it up there, the steals and the turnarounds for the points, those turnovers. You wrote about that in your post-game article, and that was big, wasn't it? Yeah, and especially when you look at the last time these two teams played, where Stanford completely dominated the Ducks. The Ducks, I believe, had two points off of turnovers. Stanford had 21, and that was the difference there. And tonight, the Ducks just flipped the script. I mean, it's ironic because Stanford got to rest most of their players uh, in a pretty big blowout over Arizona State in the second in the semifinal round. Oregon had to play everybody through the end of its game against UCLA that came right down to the wire, but Stanford looked gassed, and the way that Ionescu, Maite Cazorla, and Lexi Bandeau were really just all over the court, Stanford just couldn't keep up, and they they struggled to get back on defense when Oregon was able to pick up steals. One of the players you mentioned, Lexi Bandeau, the Eugene native, the senior, was phenomenal this weekend. She had multiple three-pointers in each game ends up finishing the weekend with I believe was 12 of 16 I'm looking for it now 12 of 18 shooting 10 of those were from beyond the arc she was something special I mean every coach raved about her and she's been through the ups and the downs with Oregon so it's really cool to see for her that growth and that growth in the program now at least in this game she was a little more quiet she managed only five points, two of six, but by her standards, she doesn't need to do that. She just needs to be there drawing players away. When you have a player like Unescu getting 36 points, you don't have to worry too much about what Lexi Bando does on the score sheet. Now, for me, obviously, Unescu was huge, but Satu Savali, who was injured against UCLA in the semifinal on Saturday, she left the game with 
an injury that we still don't really know what happened. Monique Billings, the forward from UCLA, collided with her like knee to midsection. Tough to tell what the injury was, but she said she was feeling a little weird today. Warmed up, heard the buzzer at the stadium, and said she was ready to go. She went out there, and she performed very, very well. For her standards, 12 points, 4 of 6, 3 of 5 from 3. She got 3 rebounds and an assist. Kelly Graves said she couldn't jump in the morning. Uh, I don't know how she was able to do it, but she did, and I think her performance stood out massively, and it was so important to have her back out on the floor. It was huge. Oregon gets that win, and I think a lot of it was thanks to Sabaly. One of the things that makes this team so tough to play against is the breadth of strengths that they have. You've got perimeter shooters like Bando. You have terrific post players in Ruthie Hebert, Mallory McGuire. And then you've got kind of the do-it-all Swiss Army knife of Maite Cazorla and Sabrina Ionescu. Sabaly being able to play tonight just put Stanford in a pickle because last time these two teams played, Bando was out, and so they were able to collapse in the paint and really shut down Hebert. The fact that Bando was back tonight and Savoli was able to play just had Stanford spread out all over, and we've seen it before. When you give these players that kind of space, it's just tough to beat them. And, you know, Savoli, it's, it's the type of gritty performance. It's just, it's just classic. I mean, we, we were sitting right there on the sideline when she went down. And, I mean, she was she was in a lot of pain. I, we, we don't know exactly what happened, but she had to be helped off. She had to be helped off, was uh, being supported at the end of the game. I, I honestly didn't think she was going to play today, but the fact that she came out and was effective, was effective no less, I mean, just a testament to the freshman's strength and character. Absolutely. And she goes in there and has a stellar performance um, earlier in the tournament in the first round against Colorado, or at least Oregon's first round, the quarterfinal game, she had 21 points on 8 of 11 shooting. She was special in that game, certainly. And then she goes out and gets the 12 points here in the final. She said, I had to play in a championship game. And I agree with her. That is something you don't want to pass up. That's why she came to Oregon. Her sister will join her next year. That'll be something cool. But what this means, I think, as a win is... Just simply, Oregon is the team that I think they expected themselves to be, which is gritty, able to come out with the wins that they want, need, and frankly, deserve. They go into this game with revenge on their mind, I would say. They lost the first game against Stanford during the regular season at Matthew Knight Arena in Eugene, Brittany McPhee, 33 points, 31 in the second half, 17 straight to end the game for her. And tonight, she only gets 10 points. And on the other side of the floor, Sabrina Ionescu one-ups her, three points more, 36, and a lot more silverware. Well, you have to kind of tip your cap to McPhee, just in the same way that Savile was playing through some adversity. McPhee's been under the weather, I believe, with a cold all weekend. And that's just the kind of thing, playing three days in a row under the weather is just brutal. So you just got you just got to admire that that she came out with that kind of grit. I think what stands out to me when I look back at this season, this Oregon team has already faced some incredibly tough competition. The fact that earlier in this early in the season they went out on the road and played Texas A&M, then went and they played Louisville, one of the best teams in the country, and played Mississippi State. They lost to Mississippi State and Louisville. But the fact that they got to see that caliber of competition early on in the season and then come into conference play 
and face ranked opponents in Arizona State, uh, Stanford, and Oregon State multiple times. I mean, as a coach, if, if you're Graves, you've got to like that your team has gone up against some teams that are pro- that are probably going to be playing fairly late into March. Absolutely, and I think Oregon could be one of those teams playing fairly late into March, especially after this weekend. So let's go back a little bit. The first game, as we mentioned, against Colorado back on Thursday in the quarterfinal. Oregon comes out with the win there, 84-47. to It was a blowout, to say the least. Oregon gets most of the bench out there onto the floor. The highlight of it was actually not something significant necessarily to the game, but it blew up the internet a little bit. Ina Ayuso, the freshman from Spain, with a nice little move to break a defender's ankles. She drives, lays it up off the glass nicely. That video goes viral, and that's the biggest talking point, I think, out of that game, other than the fact that Oregon just annihilates Colorado, who was the nine-seed Oregon, the one-seed, Sabali 21, Bando 19, Yanescu 10, and Hebert 11. Now, Hebert goes 11 and 11, Yanescu is two rebounds shy of the triple-double there. She's already the queen of triple-doubles with nine, the NCAA um, career high. She just needed two rebounds. Kelly Graves wouldn't put her back in, which is a shame for her, but was beneficial, I think, for Oregon because we saw how much she got playtime there today, at least, against Stanford in the championship game. And then you move on to the UCLA game, which was... I think something we should talk about more than the Colorado game, that one was tight. Oregon ends up winning that game 65-62. That could have been the championship game just as easily. And the 10-0 run for Oregon right at the end, UCLA misses their last seven field goals. What in the world happened to the Bruins? I I don't know. I mean... I put you under the spot a little bit there. I asked Audie Gilden that, and she said, I don't know. I mean, they're such a well-coached team. They have some of the nation's truly most dynamic players in Monique Billings and Jordan Canada. I I, I hate to use superlatives like this, but when it, when it comes down this close, 65-62, it really is. And this was something echoed by the UCLA players. It just comes down to who wants it more. And not that I doubt that UCLA wanted it, but I mean, this was the type of down in the dirt, hard fought game. And it could have gone. It could have gone either way. You and I talked before the game, and I said the only thing that would surprise me is if this was a blowout. Because both teams, we each time they've matched up, it could have gone to UCLA. Oregon pulled out. And I think part of that, you have to look at Sabrina Ionescu, who ironically in the last two games has actually had a couple of costly turnovers coming down the stretch, but then comes back and makes huge baskets. And, you know, it's, it speaks to her skill, and it just speaks to the trust that Kelly Graves has in his star player, who, as good as she is, she's still just a sophomore. So I think it's incredibly telling that Graves is okay putting the game in her hands, knowing that, yes, sometimes she does try to do too much, sometimes she does give the ball away, but he's willing to take that chance. And I think, I mean, you look at you look at Jordan Canada. She, she was unable to score in the second half. She had just five points uh, after putting on uh, 14 in the first half and it looked like the ducks the ducks really struggled to contain her and 
she's such an integral part of that UCLA game. And then down low, uh, Monique Billings was neutralized by Ruthie Hebert. I mean, for us getting to be right down there on the baseline, talk about great post play. I mean, just watching the two of them go head to head and watching Ionescu and Canada go head to head. I mean, it's just it's just a treat for everybody who is watching that game and tough tough for UCLA as we saw in their post game press conference, a lot of emotion. Yeah, and you look at that game as an example, but I think something that stood out to me was the four of seventeen shooting from three for UCLA and Oregon went nine of nineteen. That's twenty three percent for twenty three and a half percent for UCLA and forty seven point four percent for Oregon. The ducks were just dominant from beyond the arc, and I think that is something that propelled them all tournament long. It happened again in the final on Sunday today, and Oregon shot 45.8% from three. Stanford, 286 So, again, three-pointers, I think a big part of Oregon's offense, Lexi Bando, Sabrina Ionescu, Maite Cazorla, and even Satu Sabali. It's something that Oregon's capable of. We even saw, I think it was Ina Ayuso, late in the game hit one today. It was surprising because they put her in with a minute left and she's able to knock one down but yeah maybe the low-key story of the tournament is Aina Ayuso becoming internationally famous but we'll see where that goes I think and what goes on from there but Oregon wins the tournament and what that means is they have certainly locked up home court advantage for the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament in two weeks time, which will be in Eugene, we assume, at Matthew Knight Arena. That that should be the case. I don't see how they don't get that seeding. Now, whether they're a one or a two or even a three, I think that's what's going to be interesting to watch for. And we'll have coverage for you there at dailyemerald.com from the uh, selection show on March 12th. And obviously, we'll have coverage for you all NCAA tournament long as we did this weekend here in Seattle but moving forward realistically Aaron what do you think Oregon does in the tournament do they win it all or can they I don't see any reason on paper that they can't and I mean March March is crazy it is it's anybody's game I mean that that's what makes it in in my opinion the best the best event across sports I mean there is nothing like it you have all these Cinderella stories you have the Ducks last year who, by all accounts, had no business making the run that they made in the tournament and did it anyway. I think because some of the players on this program, particularly the older ones, people like Audie Gilden, Maite Cazorla, Lexi Bandeau, who have been here throughout the process, they know what it's like to be that scrappy team that's just fighting for a chance. And I think it's kept them grounded. And that's why I'm optimistic about this team going into the tournament because I don't I don't see them as getting complacent or getting cocky. Absolutely. I think Oregon could win this. I look at last year as well as an example. The Elite Eight run that they had was spurred from a strong run in the Pac-12 tournament in which they upset Washington in Seattle, the host of the tournament. This year was the final time as Key Arena gets renovated for NHL and dare I say, NBA in the future as well. But wow, it's a really good chance for Oregon, I think, to actually make a run and win it all. We'll see where they go from there. The selection show on March 12th and the tournament sometime on the weekend of the 16th. We'll see who Oregon face and when they'll face them. But for now, Aaron Alter, I'm Sean Meadow. Thanks for tuning in to the Emerald 
podcast network at the Emerald Media Group on dailyemerald.com, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts on iTunes, etc. Keep subscribing, keep listening, and thanks to Alec Cowan for producing this podcast as well. You can listen to more podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, or dailyemerald.com. Keep it with at ODE Sports and at Daily Emerald for future coverage, as well as dailyemerald.com of the NCAA tournament, Oregon women's basketball, and all things University of Oregon athletics. Thanks for listening. <laughs>